Welcome to VerityCast, the professional's podcast. Join host Chris Tabish as he talks with real people about their most valued secrets of leadership, business tips, and success. Hey, everyone. Welcome to VerityCast. This is Chris Tabish, and we have a great show for you today. To introduce the concept, I am going to start off with a question. Have you ever wanted to be the CEO of a startup company that not only has significant market potential, but also does something cool and philanthropic? Yeah, me too. Today, we are going to talk to Sonny Washington, who is the president of ArduSat, which does do something cool. It improves how science and technology is taught in the classroom. And just so it's clear, like a lot of us, Sonny was not born into this role. In fact, this is her first time being president of a startup organization. And she's going to share her journey with us. She's going to share some of her stories and experiences, which include a bank robbery, and no, not one that Sunny uh, led, one that she was a part of, and also a major missed startup opportunity that she had. So very exciting stuff. I just want to thank you again for joining us. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce the conversation with Sunny Washington. Here goes. Hi, welcome to VerityCast. I'm your host, Chris Tabish, and today I'm with Sunny Washington, the president of RGSAT. Sunny, it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, so maybe to start things off, I there's a lot I want to ask you about, but maybe first, if you could tell us a little bit about RGSAT and your company. Sure. So we are an education company and we're focused on bringing engaging experiences to students to get them interested in science, technology, engineering and math. One of the unique things that we offer is their ability to send their code to space so they can actually run an experiment on an orbiting satellite uh, if they want to check a temperature over, let's say, a volcano or measure the Earth's magnetic field. We provide those opportunities for them. Uh, So it's a way to get them interested in science. Science, uh, but also provide that opportunity to code in space uh, like no one's ever been able to do before. Very cool. And I know today we're doing a, a workshop later, yes. but um, um, we're going to invite kids and kind of learn about that yeah. stuff real time. Very cool company. Uh, very cool opportunity you have. And I actually wanted to learn today a little bit more about you. I guess the, the casual observer's perspective. I mean, you're, you're kind of in an enviable position. You have a really, you're CEO, sorry, you're, you're president of a, of a really cool organization. One that not only is exciting, it has cutting edge technology, but also philanthropic in a way, because it gives back to the community. Um, you know, and a lot of our listeners will be from wanting to know, you know, how, to, how did Sunny do that? What are some of the things that she did in her career that maybe I could emulate in mine? And I'm just, you know, if there's some things that come to the forefront, Sunny, that, hey, this is kind of what I did to help me get into the position I'm in. Sure. Well, I mean, there wasn't ever a day where I said, oh, this is what I want to be when I grow up. So I kind of feel like I fell into things. I had some really good examples. You know, one that I think uh, very um, often about is even just my own father. He grew up in Korea from a very poor family. He was uh, the only son in his family to be educated and he went on and pursued uh, his education eventually became a PhD uh, and also was an executive at Samsung before he retired 
but really coming from parents who are illiterate, uh, uh, siblings that didn't get the same opportunities, and I look at the difference in their lives. Sorry, you, your parents were illiterate. No, I'm sorry. His oh, parents, his parents were his, illiterate. His okay, gotcha. Illiterate. Okay, yeah, because yeah. illiterate and the, the executive yeah. sounds like that's pretty. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. He's he's definitely illiterate. Um, and so growing up, uh, seeing that, I always knew that education was important, and it was the catalyst of what changed my father's life uh, and what opened up opportunities for him. Uh, so for me, I think that really started a lot of the passion that I have for education and that there's this sense that, that I have that wants everybody to have the same opportunities. And that's why doing something like what we're doing at RGSAT where everybody can send their code to space, it's not just the rich or the parents that can afford it or the ones that are super smart. We're really trying to create a ubiquitous opportunity for these students. Um, and that's really what's driven me. As far as, you know, in my career, I kind of fell into um, different things. You know, I started out in banking after college um, and uh, just wasn't really excited about uh, I was in retail banking and we got robbed three times in one year and I realized you know I'm not making a lot of money to risk my life for you my got job. robbed three times we, in one the year the branch got robbed three times in one year so you were in the bank when people came in with guns guns and and, and all that so that uh, that kind of killed it for me no <laughs> so, pun intended yeah. right okay <laughs> so you know decided to do something else and I went to a company called Certiport where they brought digital literacy programs. Uh, they taught people how to use computers uh, and did that for eight and a half years. And I got to travel the world. I got to see uh, students in Taiwan and India and, you know, uh, South America, you know, use a computer for the first time and uh, really try and help them do that. So that really kind of fueled that interest in, in education as well. And, th and that, and just to kind of highlight sure. that, so that education, if I could sort of articulate that and, and kind of summarize what you said. So it's that in society, it's that you've seen your 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 father do this, where it's maybe you start off on a low yeah. lower socioeconomic status, and right. you see education as that ability to make. Yeah. A, a leapfrog and that's what you want to give to people that's your sort of yeah knowledge is incredible uh, and and what I think education does is uh, it empowers you to do something it gives you confidence to do something uh, when I was at Certiport you know we taught uh, people how to use computers uh, there was a group of ladies I got to work with and they were um, for one reason or another never been in the workforce never used a computer but all of a sudden they found themselves being the sole providers either through a bad marriage or a husband passing away or whatnot. Um, and, you know, I saw them at the beginning of the course having zero confidence. They didn't think they could do this. They were completely beaten down. Uh, we worked with them for 12 weeks. I mean, and they just learned simple um, things like working with a Word document, being able to create a PowerPoint, um, maybe troubleshooting some computer problems. Mm -hmm. And we did a, a graduation and, I mean, it was night and day difference of the women that came into the program and the women that left and that was just using a computer um, and so you know some things that we take for granted you know I think uh, today we take education for granted today we take you know computers for granted but there's just something to be said about you know not everybody has that opportunity and we should be working towards giving them that opportunity gotcha and so in your career obviously education yeah graduated from Brigham Young University mm -hmm. you are educated uh, but you know, having said that, you did have various experience levels, and then you found yourself 
I'll say in a leapfrog yeah. situation uh, to where now you're you're president of Argisat. How how do you how do you kind of in addition to education how do you in your career explain that that leapfrog? Yeah, so um, I you know I didn't come into the position of being a president of an, a new startup was with I already know how to do this. I knew it was going to be a challenge and I knew it was going to be a great learning experience for me. So I took it on from more the perspective of look at the opportunity for me to grow in my career and I can learn these things. Uh, the company that hired me originally, I, I remember uh, Peter as the CEO of Spire, he, he and I had a very frank conversation where you know he was telling me kind of the expectations of what he thought I would be doing, which was you know raising venture money, uh, going out and paying pitching and, and uh, you know, just things for like, you know, building up the, the company itself. And I and I said to him, I, I said, listen, I, I've, I've been never- through a bank robbery. <laughs> Boom. What else do you want? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I've been through that. But I was like, I've never done that, you know. And he said, um, that's OK. I don't understand education necessarily, and you do, so I'll help you with that. And so that's that's kind of the agreement that we had is if I was going to come on, that he was going to help me with that, and he certainly did. Um, and so I think good mentors along the way has been critical for me to, you know, uh, find these opportunities and then you know feel the confidence that I can do it because I'll have I have a good network of people that I can that can help me out. Yeah, one thing it sounds like that you did that I don't I don't think is common. I don't think a lot of people do this. But uh, you kind of showed your underbelly. You just said, hey, I'm vulnerable. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing with that. Rather than saying, oh, yes, I will take the job and require <laughs> this much money. You know, so that's I think one thing that you apparently did well. And I think that, you know, a lot of people would, would tend to, to, to stray the other way. What, what do you so do you, do you have that more of an open sort of this is what I am. This is what I'm not. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're when you're in a startup and you're out raising money for your company, you certainly need to come in with a vote of confidence so that you know what's going on. Uh, but uh, you know, my personality is such is that I I don't try to pretend to be something that I'm not. I, it makes me feel gross inside. I'm uncomfortable, uh, so I usually try and be very upfront with people, um, and uh, you know, maybe uh, you know, pretty direct with people as well. Um, so. So that's just in my nature. So for me to say, you know, because the last thing I wanted to do was start a job and then say, oh, hey, I didn't know how to do that, you know, that one thing and be in a position where I didn't feel like I could ask for help. Uh, so for me, it was critical that I was, you know, kind of exposing everything up front. Yeah. Well, the, they asked the, it just reminds me, they asked the CEO of Coca-Cola, they said, what's your, you know, what's your number one um, reason for success, basically? And they thought, oh, it's going to be work ethic or connections and and he said my success is directly proportional to my ability to ask for help people think it's a weakness to show your underbelly but it's actually yeah. a strength you know absolutely i mean i've certainly um witnessed ceos and worked for people that um they didn't like to s- not be the smartest person in the room and i thought that's a terrible flaw because as a ceo or as any leader you need to surround yourself with the best and brightest because there's no way that you can know everything about everything um and so i i you know intentionally when i built the plan and we thought 
of ways that we could, you know, bring in the right talent and who could be an expert in this. And, and for me, what that means is that, uh, you know, if I have, a, you know, a really smart director of engineering, then I can trust him with those decisions. And I, you know, I don't need to know all the details, but I know that he's smart and he's bright and he knows what to do. And so we're going to work together on issues, but I don't need to be the one that's dictating everything. Right. So, so you ask for help, you trust in your team, but still, but still going to that level of responsibility, that's a lot of fear, right? That's, that's scary. I mean, for me, I I think, wow, that would be, that's a pretty scary jump. How, what's your relationship to, to fear, to making a jump? Yeah. Um, you know, fear is very interesting because I've experienced a level of fear in this position that I've never experienced before in any part of my career. And the fear is that I'm going to let people down. Um, and you know, especially when, um, you know, I brought on people, uh, that I think are very critical to the team and, you know, I have to make sure that, you know, payroll happens. I have to make sure things like they get fed. I have to make sure that they're without robbing banks, without robbing banks. (laughs) I've got to make sure that their families are happy. Um, and that's a whole level of responsibility that I hadn't anticipated, uh, feeling. Um, now, uh, you know, so that's the thing that keeps me up at night is, you know, how's this person doing? You know, do I have everything? Yeah. Am I providing all the tools to make sure that that person can be successful? Um, you know, people are moving here to work at RGSAT, uh, you know, they're leaving, you know, comforts of their, you know, environments. And, and that, that my fear is that, you know, we don't create an awesome environment at RGSAT so that they don't want, so that they'll want to stay. Um, so I, I do spend quite a bit of time just thinking about that in particular. That's probably the thing that keeps me motivated too, um, to make sure we have a good company. And, and how do you work through that? Because I think a lot of people looking to maybe get to the next level, taking on additional responsibility and probably feel that feeling in their gut and just, ooh, maybe might back away, whereas you kind of lean into it. What, what are some of those tools that you might be able to offer? Well, the, the one thing is, um, and I had, a, we have an advisor and he said, you know, being a CEO is kind of a, it's a, you know, it's a lonely position. You feel like you can't talk to anyone. You, you, can, can, you can talk to yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, I actually have a lot of people that I can talk to, you know, from, you know, my spouse to other colleagues to, you know, my team in general. Um, and so, you know, I don't let things fester. Um, I try and be as open as possible. We try and work through through issues. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's the probably for me a great coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. For s- other people, it could be something else. You know, but for me, it's worked quite well. Yeah, and um, if you do experience fear, is your do you have a philosophy like lean into this because I'm going to learn something from it, or do you like you know just to even just even go there. A lot of people wouldn't go there. They're like, well, it's easier to grab a bag of Cheetos and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's certainly easier to ignore things. And I certainly am, a, uh, I have ignored things before. Um, but, uh, you know, on this one particular, because I mean, I, I guess I feel like I'm messing with people's lives if I don't do the right things. And that, that drives me. Um, the, 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 you know, I, I, w- I want so bad to succeed. I want so bad for the team to be successful. I want so bad that they look back on this experience and say that was the best move I ever made um, and and so we need to make that happen so it's easier just to tackle that head-on so it seems like from you know if uh, if somebody looking at the you know where you're at and the success you've had uh, it's really 
almost driven from, I, I will say, an altruistic sense, right? So you want people from from your company's perspective, you want people to be able to have the ability of education to be able to catapult them in their socioeconomic status. And interpersonally, you want to lead. I don't hear you saying, I want to be successful because I want to, you know, buy a yacht and, you know. I, I mean, <laughs> a you, yacht would be nice. Right? <laughs> don't get me wrong. But that's but, not the thing that drives me. <laughs> but it's it's more about the team and, and the, that they're enabled, they're empowered, and they, they, yeah. made, they feel they made the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. It is a, definitely a team effort. Um, I, you know, I would be insane to try and take credit for everything that's happened at RGSAT. There's just been so many people that have, you know, in, in one way or another, whether it's not, you know, participating in cells, uh, writing code, whether it's, uh, you know, um, uh, creating our website, you know, there's so many critical people that have made the success, you know, the story of, of RGSAT thus far that, um, and there will be so many more people that will need to contribute to that success. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, it is not me. All I'm supposed to do is make sure that, you know, I can provide good overall vision. I can bring the right team to the table and that I can get, get give them the tools that they need to get, do their job and kind of get out of the way. Mm-hmm. So somebody's like sitting there like, boy, wouldn't I love somebody to tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, I want you to be president of this yeah. great organization. <laughs> what else could you offer our listeners in terms of, you know what, this is this has worked for me. I mean, I think that I'm a big believer in, in making your own luck, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I've been waiting several years for somebody to tap me on the shoulder. To, <laughs> but, I, you know, there's right. something that you do. Is there anything else that you would offer in terms of that? Well, I think that you certainly need to seek out opportunities and you have to be willing to take risk. Uh, so the one thing that I learned pretty early on um, and the reason why I went down this path of joining startups is I had an opportunity to join a startup uh, that a buddy of mine was at and he said hey come over and take this job and I interviewed and I thought they were really cool and then I got the offer and it was like a $10,000 pay cut and uh you know, I said, well, you know, at that time it was a very easy decision. I'm not taking a pay cut, you know, mm-hmm. to come work at a startup. So I uh, didn't do it. Uh, within a year, a year later, they sold their company for 72 million. They had raised 5 million, uh, done about, yeah, or they, yeah. So, I mean, it just the multiplier was huge on this and it was a huge mistake. So you could have bought your yacht. I could have bought my <laughs> yacht. And I, and I remember that happening, and I remember, and I just so happened that day that they announced the the acquisition had was going to lunch with my friend, um, and so I went to their office, and there were streamers, and there was music, and and I wasn't a part of that, and that drove me to decide that at that moment. I was never going to make that same mistake again. Uh, so uh, a few years later, I joined Instructure, uh, which is a, a company that builds a learning management system, incredibly successful. They're on the path to IPO this year. Um, and uh, and then consequently joined the opportunity at, at that RGSAT. Is there, I'm not going to make that same mistake. Twice. But what, what, what was the mistake? Was the mistake... Was it something, because did you believe in the company? You just were kind of... Yeah, so I think the mistake is, is I mean, especially when you're doing a startup, is you're looking at short-term gains versus long-term gains. 
and very at that time you know i look at ten thousand dollars over you know what that potential could have been uh, the short-term loss would have been absolutely worth it but so I, you so you believe in the long-term vision you believe in the company where the company was yes, going yes okay. but i didn't want to take that short-term hit. okay okay Interesting. Yeah, so that's, you know, I, I often reflect on that. And actually, a lot of times when we're recruiting or hiring, I tell that story. Mm-hmm. Because I want to make sure that, uh, you know, if they come on board, you know, it, maybe it's a cut, maybe they're taking a haircut, maybe they're losing out on some perk that they had at a previous company. But I, I, you know, I always bring back that example of, you know, that's the mistake I made. If you feel like you would be disappointed in yourself if you made that same mistake. Then this is probably the opportunity that you should take. Sonny, do you reflect often? I mean, if you don't mind me saying, you're um, for president of a startup. You're you've done a lot in your career, and for you seem very youthful. I, I won't ask you on oh, air thanks. how old you are, but, um, <laughs> but you seem to have a lot of uh, wisdom gained from the perspective of your experiences. Like there's a lot of introspection and. And, and and what you've learned from those different experiences is that a common practice that you that you do? Um, I guess not really consciously. Um, I do I do tend to like think back on experience. I mean, a lot of the experience I have drives where I'm at, or the the person that I am, or the maybe the mentality that I have about certain situations. Um, I often do it because you know I experience this or that. Um, but I don't I don't do that. You know, I, I guess it's just more subconscious that I that I spend a lot of time thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's all we have time for. Sunny Washington, it's been so great having you a guest on VerityCast. Thank you so much. And I really look forward to seeing the great things that you'll be doing at Argentina. It was great to be here. Thank you.